part four of our study on the Tower of Babel in the Bible. We're totally into the New Testament now, into Jesus's mission, how it ties back to the Tower of Babel. Let's dig a little bit deeper. This is going to be really, really interesting. Um, remember, hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Share this with a friend that you think will benefit them or they'll enjoy the study. Um, and obviously subscribe to the YouTube channel yourself so you can continue to get updates. Here we go. what is happening in the New Testament and this speaks to um, you know a part of Jesus's mission let's go a little bit further now now further in the New Testament um, going back to where are we Luke 32 where am I oh yeah sorry I need to bring up one other thing before we go into Luke 32, let's look at Acts. So Acts written by Luke, FYI, that's why I had that Luke 32 there, but we'll touch on Luke 32 in a minute, um, is the account what happens immediately after Jesus's death and resurrection. And while Jesus, he was with them, he declares, do not leave, he's speaking to his 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait there for what my father has promised, which you heard about from me. John baptized, and he's saying, in case you don't remember, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And what I want you to see is the parallel here. So this is Luke writing the book of Acts. And he tells them, don't leave Jerusalem. He writes that Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem, stay in Jerusalem, for you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. <clears throat> and later in Acts, we see they deal with, um, um, sorry, replacement for Judas. I'm going to skip over that. It's not relevant to what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost. So this is now Acts chapter 2. Now, when the day of Pentecost had come, and they were all together in one place, like Jesus had said, wait for me there. Something's going to happen. You're going to get filled. Suddenly a, a sound like a violent wind blowing came from the heavens and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues, cloves, a flame spreading out like a fire appeared to them and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, this is so key, were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And now let's go backwards to Luke. Remember, Luke wrote this. And what I want you to see in Luke 32 is this. Luke 32, Luke continues to tie together the nations and the Holy Spirit. He did it in his gospel as well. Baptism of Jesus. Luke is the only baptism record of Jesus where he does this sequence of events. Now, when there were people being baptized and Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my dear son, in you I take great delight. So Jesus, 
when he began his ministry, was about 30 years old. So what happens? The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. He gets recognized by his Father from heaven. And then we hear that's when Jesus' ministry begins. What does Luke then talk about? Luke then immediately goes into, now that Jesus' ministry begins, for whatever reason, <coughs> Luke thinks it's important here, not like Mark, no, sorry, not like Matthew in the beginning, where you, that's where you would expect it. By the way, Jesus comes from, jo from Joseph, who's a son of... So you would expect that in the beginning of Jesus' life. Luke digs it here, right after Jesus gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and he lay lays out Jesus' entire genealogy from Joseph all the way down to the son of Shem, the son of Noah, all the way down to Adam, who was the son of God. And what I want you to catch is that son of Shem, son of Noah, what does that sound like? You know what? It, it should remind you of what we saw earlier in our study, namely the table of nations. Table of nations started off with, this is the account of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood, and the sons of Japheth were, and the sons of Ham were, and the sons of etc., etc., etc. This is a table of nations, and what we're seeing here in Jesus' genealogy is a tie back from Luke, a tie back to that table of nations. Because what the table of nations does is it says, Noah's sons went to these nations or were assigned to these nations. What we're seeing here is we're not talking about the nations, but Luke goes to the trouble of saying, after Jesus gets his um, um, anointing, the Holy Spirit, these are all the nations that Jesus comes from. These are all the families, the sons of Noah, all the way down to Adam that Jesus comes from. Why is that so critically important? Let's go back to where we were. So fast forward back to Acts. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven residing in Jerusalem. And when this sound occurred, a crowd gathered and was in confusion because each one of them heard speaking in his own language. And they were baffled and said, aren't these all speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own language? And then Luke, the author of Acts, does something really, really, really weird. He lists out nations, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, I'm getting the point, I need to get here, the province of Asia, Figuria, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, near Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and non-Jews, Cretans and Arabs. And we hear them speaking in our own languages about the great deeds that God has done. So, it's super critical now. I'm going to try to close this down even a little bit more, so I'm focusing just on this tab. Good. It's super critical now to understand why is Luke listing off these nations. As a matter of fact, change screen for a second. He lists off a bunch of nations, but he doesn't list off every nation that he knows of. For example, in Luke's time period, when this is being written somewhere around between 50 and say 70-ish AD, somewhere thereabouts, 
it was well known by all of Luke's peers and Luke himself that there were India existed. Like Greece had established relationship with India for um, 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 you know trade. So India wasn't like a mystery to them. Why doesn't he list India? I'll give you an even better one. Luke, two or three chapters later, maybe a little bit more, describes the, the correct name, and when I say name, correct title name, titular name, of the, the, the people in the court of the queen down in Ethiopia. This is around Ethiopian eunuch when he's witnessed to, and you know, he ends up getting baptized, he goes back down to Ethiopia with you know, the gospel, so to speak. Um, that's not correct because he, he already had Jewish things, you know, Jewish background. That's why he was coming to Jerusalem, but we'll get into that in a minute. So why doesn't Luke mention Ethiopia here? And I'll read now, let's go back to the text, why that's happening. And now we're reading from another commentary. So basically all I did, you see here it says um, Luke um, 2 to, through 9. So if you highlight two through nine, like um, this is eight, like there. If you highlight just, you highlight by, you know, clicking your mouse like this, you can do something like this and say study, and then it'll open up commentaries, etc. So I've done that already, that step. And this is one of the commentaries. And this is actually a very good commentary. It's called the um, New Testament second edition and it's New and Old Testament, but I'm looking at the New Testament because we're reading from the New Testament. Um, it's called the IVP, um, Bible commentary, which is, um, it's called the cultural background Bible commentary. So it tells you, hey, contextually, what was happening in the background while this happened. So let's read that. The Jews from Parthia would know Aramaic, language that Jesus spoke. Those from the Roman Empire, Greek, but many of them would be familiar with the local languages and the dialects spoken, spoken in the outlying areas of their cities. Most Palestinian Jews were bifunctional. B b bilingual, sorry. Although these are Jews, these are culturally and linguistically, so they spoke languages of other nations. In keeping with his theme in Luke 1, go out into all the earth, Luke thus emphasizes that even from the church's inception as an identifiable community, the spirit has moved the church into multicultural diversity under Christ's lordship. So, that's a lot of big words. What are we saying there? We're saying, remember when the nations were appropriated out to the sons of God and some of them rebelled? Tower of Babel. What happened before the Tower of Babel? We got a listing of the table of nations. Suddenly here now, it's a whole divine setup. There you go. That was part four. Um, tune in tomorrow for part five, which will be the closing part uh, on how this ties into our mission. See you guys tomorrow. Like, subscribe, share on YouTube. Thank you.